Hello and welcome to another episode of the Other Expats podcast. Today we have Samar Almansar with us. Um, Samar, tell us about yourself. So my name is Samar. I'm from Yemen. Um, I've been living here for over eight years. Not really. Um, <laughs> my years. Um, I've changed my view of Malaysia since I came here. Right. I've looked at it in many colors, many ways. It's not just on Malaysia that I saw. I saw a different Malaysia when I first came here because of my experiences. I was up in the north. Not in Malaysia, yeah. Okay. In Kedah, right. and um, I explored something completely different about myself. So I really evolved a lot in Malaysia right. until today. Um, now wait, I wait. What what do you what do you do here? Yeah. Now I work oh. at uh, WIF. Alright. Um, I spend my time at work writing, editing. Now I'm. Wait, did you just say writing and eating? No, no. <laughs> Sorry, my it's bad. Editing. Okay, editing. yeah, writing and editing. Okay, my bad. <laughs> my bad. Okay, and I paint. Okay. I enjoy painting. I write poems. Yeah. I I tried to find publishers here, but I couldn't find that. So I sought another outside publisher. Right. So my book is going to be on Amazon soon. Oh, that's great. Po- poetry. Yes, poetry. Right. Uh, it's. Related to my experiences in Malaysia right. as a foreigner, um, because I've been traveling a lot in my life. Okay. So one of those are reflected in one of the chapters there. Okay. Some other chapters are for different topics, but I uh, yeah, that's how. Oh, that's great. That's how I survive here. <laughs> I keep writing and expressing myself. Well, that's the idea. You express yourself, yeah, through different mediums, and you chose writing, so that's good. Um. When you first got here, was did you experience the culture shock? Um, I did somehow. I knew that I was coming to this country when I was applying. Um, I just knew I was going to come here. Um, I found myself in the jungle up in the north, and at that time there was nobody except me. Uh, I was the only Muslim female Arab studying there. Okay. And I needed to study in English because I didn't know the language. So as I registered for my English class, a lot of Malaysians would be disappointed because they would like the Malay lecturer to converse with them in Malay. And I would object, I said, this is an English class, you're supposed <laughs> to speak in English. <laughs> but the disappointment there, I had to kind of push to get that people didn't really appreciate or understand your perspective. Um, I realized that they stick together, the Malaysians stick together. They don't easily open up to foreigners. So I could never feel at home when I was there. It was very difficult to integrate. Like foreigners had to stay with foreigners, and we were only about five or less. And that was difficult because if you don't get along with your foreigners, then you don't have yeah, anyone. That's true. And maybe it's the language barrier. Um, I was assuming, so I tried to pick up the language. Uh, but it's it's not just the language. There there is a fear I feel that doesn't allow them to engage with you very freely or share their life but I even, I was surprised because I tried so hard to integrate I would wear the baju kurung I was all you know wearing the hijab and I was trying to integrate so hard and I realized I should just give up you know there's no way they will you know first they say oh you're Malaysian I said no like oh where are you from 
and then that's when the borders come. Yeah. 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 And it was exciting to know about new culture, to try yeah. to integrate. But then I thought, I mean, later on now, nowadays, I think about we try so hard to integrate, but do the Malaysians try to look <laughs> at our perspective for a while? They might see things too. You know, yeah, it's true. not easy being here. Being foreigner in the UK and something else is different experience, but try putting their shoes in our okay. you know, position because it's... Okay. What's it still like being um, an Arab woman in, oh. in Malaysia? It's great. Okay. I'll tell you, it's really great. <laughs> because first, you know Arabic. Okay. Uh, Jawi, which is the Malay language, um, uses the Arabic script. Okay. And they have an appreciation for people who understand that language. That's number one for us. Number two, <laughs> I'm a female Muslim. Alright, yeah, plus definitely. Yeah, that's a plus. Number two, you, I'm a Yemeni. So Yemenis are very well respected in Malaysia. Yeah. Well, as far as I know, I mean, now it's a different case. If a Yemeni does something, then he tarnishes all the reputation of yeah. the Yemenis. But, Yemenis initially came to this land a few hundred years ago um, as a diaspora spreading through business. So they did trade and with Malays. They integrated, they married. So a lot of the Malaysians have Yemeni descendant um, ancestry. And so they have a respect for that because um, some of them don't even know Yemen. But they just heard their grandparents are Yemenis, but they've never been there. So actually, we are very privileged here. We come here without visa, and you know, and because of the situation now in Yemen, the war that's happening, um, they've allowed us to extend our visas, our visit visas, for as long as the war is on. Okay. Um, that's a, you know, for the time being, it's a very good option for a lot of Yemenis yeah, yeah. who don't have anywhere to go to. So as yeah, as an Arab Muslim woman, it's amazing. It's not bad at all. <laughs> It's good. Uh, good for you then. Yeah, it's good like, in the cultural aspect. Yeah. But if you talk about work, if you talk about um, uh, whereas any other foreigner, we have the same struggles, we have the same um, rules, regulations to follow. It's not a bad thing. It's just their way of keeping their country in order. Yes, true. Makes sense. Yeah, it's yeah. That's just in the cultural aspect. What other questions? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we talked about this earlier. Um, speaking about discrimination, uh, being like I said, being um, black, being African, the discrimination is more obvious. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, what's it like for you being Arab and being a woman? But then you already have all the pluses. It's an Arab woman, so yeah. But no, it bothers me to see that you know because um, I know people. I've I've been I was shocked that people here discriminate because of skin color. Uh, it's not just here, it's everywhere around the world. Yeah, it is, but <laughs> the shock came to me here. Maybe I grew up in this country, so eight years yeah. is the time it took me to realize how deep it was. Um, whether it's around the world the same way, but here it's outright. Mm. You know? Just today, you know, you heard what happened in the US, right? Yeah. The, so that's uh, clear around the world. I know a lot of people who are married, interracial marriages, um, from Africa, and there's no problem. There's an issue in the beginning with families rejecting that, but then they to understand. 
So it's difficult in the beginning, but it's not all that bad. Especially with the Muslims. They, the first person who called out to prayer is an African black. This is black in religion. And we don't really look at that. Uh, we don't. People just have their preferences, I guess. Yeah. That's something else. Yeah. Uh, I don't face any problems being a Muslim female. Except that because you're a Muslim female uh, and Arab, they have assumptions about you. So they assume that you should act in a certain way. And if you don't, then you have you know, gone against their book. Yeah, exactly. That definitely comes in at some point. Tension um, grows from there. Um, that's um, in like social um, situations. How, how about at work? There's no frictions, no... At work, I'm lucky that most of us are female. Alright. But again, because I'm Yemeni, because I'm Arab, because I'm Muslim, I'm supposed to act a certain way. Sure. Like it's like almost like a badge that I'm supposed to hold more than anyone else. Like I have to uphold certain things. Yeah, standards. And if I don't, it's a. Or sometimes they look at Arabs as you know, useless people, and they don't really do a lot of work. They don't do stuff. So they look at me like that. So I have to keep constantly proving myself. <laughs> All my life I've been, and I look young. That's another bad, bad thing. Um, some people will argue that that's a good thing. And trust me, it's a bad thing because now I'm almost 31. Alright. But when people look at me, they don't expect that I know anything or I can do anything <laughs> or I'm, you know, legit. Like I can do things that you wouldn't expect I would do. So you have to keep constantly proving yourself. That's not easy. <laughs> um, somehow that's that's I I, I won't say it's a good thing because yeah, if you. Even though it's it's pressure from outside that's pushing you to, to prove yourself, it's still a drive, it's motivation. So Yeah, I guess it is a motivation. So it's it can be a good thing. <laughs> I think everything can be good or bad, right? <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, it can true. be good too without it, you know? <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> um, okay. Um, what what are some oh we already talked about this. Um, this like um, fits into the part um, um, challenges you encounter in professional life as an other expert. In my professional challenges, yeah, I faced challenges. I've encountered in my professional life. Okay, well, besides the legal challenges that you never hear, um, it's uncertain. Yeah. Um, whether you leave tomorrow. First of all, your contract is limited. Yeah. It has to be renewed every now and then. Um, in other systems around the world, you have time. If you've been here for 20 years, you're allowed to stay. But anyway, uh, part of the uncertainty is that the, the, the surroundings that are so different from you, the people, uh, majority Malaysians, um, don't welcome you easily into their community, into their social life. So you feel alienated. So with that uncertainty of existing in this country, you have that alienation as well. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, it's a double alienation yeah. feeling. Okay. Which is, again, it could be good. It motivates you, right? Yeah, that's motivation <laughs> right there. 
motivates you. So take all the negative things and motivate you. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You just add it, use it as well for your fire and just keep burning. I was just talking to some of my colleagues and I said, we always talk about things in the office and I'm, I really like, I'm not a quiet person. I'm a very social person. But I just don't see why it's not connecting. Like, why is there a gap? Now, I'm very frank about these things. I'm not saying it's anything in particular that's causing this. But I was discussing it with them. Well, they had the answer of age gap. But that's not, that's not the thing because there are other people who are my age. into your house, into your culture, into your community. You, you break bread with them. You, there's no border. There's no fear. Um, there's a human welcome feeling. Here, it's not there. When I read that, I said, wow, do I miss it? <laughs> I miss that home feeling. Because most of us expect, just want to feel human at home. We miss that. Many of us don't have our family here. You know, I've almost gotten used to not having my family. Now my family is here. It feels so weird because you just try to be so hard that you don't want to have that human interaction. You don't think you don't need it anymore because you've survived without it. It hurts to see the Malaysians not understanding that. Maybe they, they're hard, I don't know. <laughs> but they've made us become hard. Yeah, true. If you had one thing to say to expats in general, what, what, what would you say? I would say appreciate all that is good in this country. Do not make the big things, the bad things big. Um, because generally when they get together, all they do is trash Malaysians. <laughs> you know, this is not what you're, you know, be happy that you're blessed to be in this country because you know what it's like to be in a worse situation. Where there's no water, there's no electricity, there's, there's war. You know what it's like. So here, be thankful and use all the opportunities you have. Yeah, true. You don't have to integrate. But you have to learn to appreciate and work with that. Work with all the things that you have available. Alright, yeah, that's definitely good. And if there's, for me, if there's anything um, you think is negative, then maybe you use that as well to your fire yeah. also, yeah. Motivate <laughs> I mean, like, the power of religions stay together as well. Expats, I think, is really good because you need people to communicate the same feelings, the same understanding. More people talk about it, the more you'll learn how to overcome it and deal with it. Yeah, it's like sharing, sharing your experiences, and at least that way, everyone learns. Everyone does not have to make the same mistakes over and over. You just learn and help each other grow. Yeah. Okay, that's. Um, all we have for this episode of the Other Expats podcast. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Yeah, thanks thank you. guys for listening. I'll see you on the next episode.